Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, you know what I need to do? Uh, Andy, I'm sorry. I'm such a messy state. progress. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Louis B. Free Radio Show, Brain Food from the Heartland. One of my favorite humans, Dr. Andy Lazarus, on this morning. Doc, how are you? Great. So good to be here again. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I was telling you off here, I really appreciate the relationship, and, and it's wonderful having you, and your courage, your your experience, your knowledge is, is just is fantastic. I, I've got to ask you, before we talk about your new book, what's going on uh, with you? I, what do I want to say? Legally? Um, oh, there's always yeah. something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you can laugh. I'm glad you laugh. I mean, I'm glad you can be lighthearted about it because I was just absolutely, no expletive, Louis, freaked out. Yeah, so, I mean, the latest, you, you, I already talked to you about how they um, uh dealt with my my medical board uh tried to take my license away just for stating a fact which is that all my patients in long-term care despite the mask mandate got COVID. i just stated that fact and we had a mask mandate um that was not allowed in the era of COVID. The, the more recent one was i'm a student at university of maryland i'm a graduate student i'm getting a master's in history and all of a sudden i received a uh an email that I was not able to sign up for my requisite classes uh, because I had not was... gotten the booster shot. Now, the booster shot um, is not effective against what's circulating, Omicron. And let, me, um, let me stop you for a moment. Again, your background as a physician, this is what you've done for how many years? Yeah, this is 30 years. Okay. And your specialty, I mean, you specialize in? And, and I am not an anti-vaxxer. I promote vaccines for my patients i get the flu shot i got the covid shot um like you know pneumonia shots shingle shots we we get them um but this shot was a little different because you know the new england journal even said that it only works in two out of a hundred thousand people uh against omicron which is what's circulating it's ineffective it's they're just using the original formula um and trying to sell it to everyone and the problem is when you get too many shots louis um it gears your immune system to point in that one direction. So, it, it, ironically, if you get Omicron um, and you've had all these shots that point the immune system away from Omicron, you're more likely to get sick than someone like me who, who does not get the shot. Um, and I discourage my patients from getting this um, booster for that for that reason. But even more so with me, I had a severe reaction to the original shot. Um, my, uh, my breathing became impaired, uh, my, which it still is to some extent. And my platelet level, uh, which is the level of blood clotting, just plummeted. It went from 350 to 100. Um, and likely that's because the, the immunization in me triggered an immune response that started attacking myself. So I was not going to get a shot um, that didn't work and it could potentially harm me. Again, that's the Hippocratic Oath, right? You, you don't right. do it. But 
Maryland was forcing me to do it. They said I couldn't sign up for classes. Um, they said I wasn't allowed on campus, uh, despite there being no science behind it. Um, so I did fight it. Um, I was able to get a medical exemption, Great. which typically they, they don't accept. Um, I got one from a nurse practitioner who are the best providers around. Um, typically, they don't accept that. There's not a doctor in the world who's going to write a medical exemption. I'm the only one I know who, who does. People come to me from all over the state to get medical exemptions for uh, when they've had reactions to this immunization. So I can't write one for myself. Luckily, I had a nurse practitioner do it. They accepted That's it. Wonderful. So I'm You're in. Good. So we'll see. We'll see what the next battle is. It always seems, again, you base it on science. And you and I, again, I, I want to get in the, the new book. And we'll hopefully we'll do a part two about the new book also. But the, the issues with, and when I say it, it's interesting. When I say something about Dr. Fauci, people get irate that you're not, well, you've got to follow the science. You've got to follow the science. And even as a layman, I've learned that there's different approaches to things and different understandings of things. That What I said from the beginning of COVID, the one thing I know for sure is no one really knows for sure. Now, we've come a long way. We've come a long way since that. But it's just they have deified him. And, and he has changed his science on things, should I say? I, I know I'm going to get hate mail. I mean, I know it's going to be coming in any minute now. But they well, tell me about Dr. Dr. Fauci. Sorry. Dr. Fauci has been around for a long time. Um, he started with AIDS. I followed him then because I was a medical student during that time. At that time, he said AIDS can be transmitted casually from person to person. Uh, scared everyone to death. Um, he blocked the uh, use of very cheap drugs that could have saved tens of thousands of lives. Um, took him a year to promote them because he was trying to sell AZT, with which he had a patent on. Oh. Um, this is Dr. Fauci. I've followed Dr. Fauci since then, before COVID. Uh, I and many, many, many other doctors have found him distasteful um, and much more self-promoting yes. than scientific. Uh, and that came true during COVID. I, this is not new for me disdaining Dr. Fauci. Most people who worked with him felt the same way. But, but the, the thing is that science is something that is not spouted by one person. That's not how we define science. That's how we define religion. Yes. Uh, science is a constant discourse, a constant re-examining, a constant questioning. But the Fauci way is to not question things. And that probably bothers me the most. If Dr. Fauci says that it's right. But, you know, we know after two and a half years of this, that we've known it from day one, Louis, but we know it for sure now that masks do not slow down the transmission or protect the wearer or the weary. We know that. There have been three randomized trials. There have been 150 smaller trials. And there's been reality, which is mostly in the nursing home world, where we've had mask mandates and we've had almost 100% of people in those facilities catch COVID despite rigorously enforced mass mandates. So, you know, knowing that information in a scientific way, we would say, well, this isn't working. What can we do? What should we do? How do we protect elders? Maybe daily testing of everyone who walks in. Early treatment worked for my patients extremely well. But again, Dr. Fauci was opposed to all of that. Um, and and Go ahead. The, my beef with, with Dr. Fauci is, is not that he shouldn't have a voice. He should, but he shouldn't be the voice. Yeah. Those of us 
front line. We, we've been there. There are many other doctors. Uh, almost a million signed the Great Barrington Declaration, which stated that the Fauci approach was actually dangerous and we should have gone a different direction. You know, but our voices are being suppressed. Like I said, my just from talking, I was uh, I had my board my medical license reviewed just from opening my mouth. So that's not science, Louis. I'm a promoter of science. I'm a promoter of learning, moving forward. I'm not denying COVID. I'm just saying we are approaching it wrong. We should never have had a million deaths in this country. Never. If we had approached it right. If we had done early treatment on the vulnerable, done rapid daily testing in, in long-term care facilities, we would have had one-third of the deaths. And my, my own, and I say that because of my own patients, I had one-fifth of the deaths of the national average of people in my demographic just from giving simple early treatment. I don't mean ivermectin, which would have been nice, but just basic, simple stuff. Um, and also, if we had left everybody else alone, we caused massive amounts of death in the young people. Um, in fact, the, the longevity, the average length of age in this country has gone down almost four years during the two and a half years of COVID. And that's not from COVID. How do I know that? Because the average age of COVID deaths is the average age of life expectancy. So it didn't budge life expectancy. What lowered it were deaths in young people from suicide, drug abuse, drug overdoses, um, not getting to their doctors to take care of simple problems because they were afraid or doctor's offices were closed. That's what caused this drop. And it's, it's shameful because we could have done another approach, but just blindly listening to one man and saying that science is extremely dangerous to science and to people. And that's why my problem is not with Dr. Fauci because he's allowed to have that voice. My problem is with the people, the media, and the blind zealots who simply say what comes out of his mouth is science. Again, that's religion. One of the things I've got to say, Dr. Lazarus, is um, I've had folks on from White Coat Waste Project numerous times, and Justin Goodman's going to be on with me again either later this week or early next. And they've exposed a lot of the things with Fauci's. Again, this is aside from covid the horrific, torturous animal experimentation that he has done and have funded, and some of it is just, it's its all horrific. And that's, uh, from my perspective, some, another reason to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you have I don't to, want to say, I'm sorry, I don't want, I don't mean to digress, but... Oh, you have to look at him for who he is. He's deeply embedded in the drug companies. There's no question about it. He is the man who connects the drug companies to academic medicine and the government. You know, he's a linchpin between those three groups. Um, and you so can't how can get, we trust him? How can we trust him if he's... We, we can't. We can't trust him. And, that you know, I, it's funny because one of my friends um, had just read a book about... Um, if, you, if you never read it, um, uh, it's, uh, it's about the Sackler family. Um, and... and uh, Oxycontin, the empire of pain. But, oh. but he said, wow, the FDA is completely corrupt. It's completely owned by the drug companies. I said, yeah, the drug companies finance about 80% of the FDA budget. The drug companies finance 80% of the CDC budget. They finance the Alzheimer's Association budget, the American Diabetes Association budget, American Cancer Society budget. Um, and they, fudge it, they, they finance every medical school in the country. Um, so, so we trust these people we can't we have to look at the facts and we can't just say when experts sit up and talk to us from harvard that doesn't mean they're pure they're probably right. being um financed by these drug companies to do their research 
Um, it, it, we can't be bamboozled by titles and people calling themselves experts. Reality is on the ground. We see what's happened for two and a half years. We should learn from it, and we should we should really be moving out of this morass that we're in now. But I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, um, go ahead. Sure. I've, just, um, I've, I've had on and read uh, Pharma by Gerald Posner, which is another good one about big pharma. And it's just, it's interesting to me when, uh, again, sometimes, and I, I read way over my comprehension level, and I'll read some uh, medical things from medical journals and try to understand them, looking up a lot of words in the process and going back and trying to fit it together. Nonetheless, uh, on the ones I trust We'll have at the bottom, they'll talk about who wrote the article or who was involved in the article and what connections they may have to certain drug companies. Right. But you don't see that when people when they write news stories about that. Yeah. You, you, it, don't, you don't see that. And that's troubling to me because when, if I see too much of that or, or, or that at all, I'm skeptical and I move on to something else because of well, the let, influence. Yeah. I mean, two ways. There's so. And I have a new book coming out that um, another one, at, uh, a, a nonfiction with a good friend of mine, Alan Roth, um, talks about a decision made in 1911 and how it led to all this. Um, and, and when will that dealing, be out? When will we're looking for now, so hopefully within six to eight months. I, I will. Doctor Lazarus, I, I am blown away. But go ahead. But so, two ways um, they trick you on this. Um, number one, you can get a guy from Harvard to say that he has no money that he accepts from the drug companies. But the drug company paid for his study. They designed his study, and they paid for his study. Oh. So he's not directly accepting money from the drug companies, so he could deny he is, but they paid for what he's doing, and they designed oh. it. Number two, the CDC can tell you they don't accept money from drug companies, but they get 80% of their money from the CDC foundation that is 100% funded by drug companies. So again, this is the way they trick you. Um, yeah. And, and a little you know, organizations, and the drug companies have said they get the most bang for their buck, not by advertising, not by paying off congressmen, which they do, but by paying the CDC, the FDA, and these multiple associations like Cancer Society and Alzheimer's Association, because people inherently trust those groups. So if they can get those groups to do their bidding, which is what they do, um, believe me, when, when Paxlovid came out, um, which is an antiviral, I wrote about, I read the article immediately um, on Paxlovid. It was touted by the Washington Post as being absolutely necessary. They basically said, leave your doctor if they don't give you Paxlovid. Um, Paxlovid was studied on a selected group of people on no medications, no medical problems, and none of whom have been vaccinated. So uh, it showed a very small improvement in mortality over a short period of time in 100 people. So that was what was used. Now, because it was studied in this very selected group of people and then introduced generally, it caused massive problems. But we knew it was going to do that because remdesivir, which is its predecessor, killed tens of thousands of people. Oh. And it's still being used. But so, why, so why are these things out there when we have simple treatments and it's because of big pharma i mean that's yeah. that's how they're doing it they're making money on COVID. they're making a fortune on fortune. COVID. yeah which is again if, if it's if it, if it works if it was thoroughly tested and had great results then 
you know, drug companies certainly need funding to develop drugs, but all the advertising, there was something else about, are you tired of, where did I read this, uh, of uh, drug ads on TV? I've said this a lot of times, probably said it with you, Dr. Lazarus, before, but I, I'm not diabetic. I don't know anybody close to me that maybe they are and just haven't told me, but nobody in my, no, no, no family members in history, you know, going back, were diabetic. Yet, I know about A1C, how do I know about A1C? From the adverts. I mean, it's, just, it's I, It hit me one day. I'm thinking, hey, what, how do I know what that is? Well, knowledge. What you don't know um, is that they tell you they're all excited when it goes under seven. And in fact, when you push it under seven, it's very dangerous. So that what they're telling oh, you to wow. do, excited about, is actually dangerous, especially to older people. Can you, can you explain that? Yeah. When you lower the sugar too much, especially in older people... You cause balance problems, um, dizziness, fatigue, increased fall risk. But because you're also reducing the amount of sugar available, you increase the risk of stroke and heart attack. So ironically, when, when sugar is pushed low, um, it, it actually causes as many problems as if you let sugar ride too high. But it sounds appealing, right? Get your A1C a week and get your A1C under 7. This is, again, how the drug companies have abused the FDA because... By law, the drug companies are now allowed to promote and study products based on surrogate markers. So if a, if a product lowers a number, which is a surrogate marker, if it lowers A1C, it can be touted as being life-saving. If the drug actually increases heart attack risk, increases stroke risk, increases falls, none of that's relevant because they don't have to look for those endpoints. All they have to look for is the surrogate marker, the number, the A1C. If they lower that number, then the drug could be advertised as doing all the things that we associate with diabetes treatment, even if this drug kills people. And there have been several diabetes drugs that have done just that. Several cholesterol drugs have done this, that, because cholesterol drugs are also advertised, are able to be approved based on surrogate markers. This was a deal made. So, so the drug companies pay for their own process of the drug being approved. They, they say that's their gift. But as part of that deal, they made stipulations of what the approval process will be. And now that using surrogate markers is the approval process. So a study that might take 10 years to really tr- prove outcomes can be done in two years because you just have to prove it lowers a number. When you mentioned and that about, go ahead, I'm sorry. That's what we're dealing with. And, and, a drug like Paxlovid was even worse because it was um, studied under emergency authorization use, so it had no standards to which it had to apply. Um, and yet it was touted by all the major newspapers as being life-saving. Uh, you know, nobody... Who, why does nobody in the media have these skills to look at the study? Or are they just... They just Where's don't the investigative want report? Yeah, I agree with you. You know, one of the things when you mentioned about uh, cholesterol and cholesterol-lowering drugs, the... the um, statin drugs, if you will. A friend of mine contracted, out of the area, contracted COVID recently, and she, uh, their doctor said, no Paxlovid for you because you're on a statin. And an issue, and she, the doctor put her on a different drug, but the statins, the cholesterol, the amount, I just, I, I hate to say, again, I'm a layman. i not, Things I read are there, and forgive me because again, you're the expert. But doctor, ex- well, you, yeah, well, you're the physician, and yes. and with a lot of experience. I just, 
I'm not sure that there's a direct relationship. And again, this is listen. This isn't medical advice, folks. This is my opinion. The that there's a, a direct correlation between some cholesterol levels and heart problems. I I'm not right. And again, cholesterol is a surrogate marker. In my in our book, we go through the origins of that myth um, that cholesterol levels, and, and it was done very. Um, um, deceptively, there, there are articles in Science Magazine. In the new book, in the new book, you're writing about this. Oh, good. Articles in Science Magazine unwrap the, the cause of this, but yeah, there's no correlation between cholesterol levels and outcome heart disease. So when people show up to the hospital with heart attacks, just as many have low cholesterol as high cholesterol. What is the factor that determines it? Is whether cholesterol sticks to your blood vessels. And what determines whether cholesterol sticks to your blood vessels is your level of inflammation, which is most controlled by diet and exercise. And we could lower our inflammation if we ate well and we exercised and we had less stress. Now, statins do help a certain amount of people, not because they lower cholesterol, but because they lower the inflammation in heart blood vessels. However, medicine is not yes or no. It's not multiple choice. So... We have to really look at each individual person and say, okay, you had a heart attack. Do we want to put you on a statin? It might lower your risk of another heart attack by 2 or 3%. It also might make you so you can't walk. It could make you fall more. So, you know, depending on your age and your other comorbidities, um, we have to make a decision based on that. There's, but, again, in our medical society, there's a right and wrong answer. Statin's good. Uh Anyone who talks about statins is conspiratorial or anti-science or spouting misinformation, all the words we've heard lately. This has been around for my whole career. The, the stuff we're hearing in COVID has been around my whole career. And so you can't have a conversation because there's all this myth around that is, frankly, um, perpetrated by doctors, you know, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, I, and as our book, we talk about the, the thinking, the thinking that doctors um, – uh, actually are trained to have uh, that makes them make these decisions. It's not all greed. It's nothing like that. It's our thinking Train. process. We, we think in a multi-choice way, and, and that's how we're taught to. And that we have to find an abnormal, abnormal number, fix an abnormal number. And that we go through how that process occurred um, as, as we go through our book. Well, I'm, I'll I'll be eager to, to to read that and have you back to talk about that. Forgive me because I know you have limited time, but let's let's jump into because there's so many. Yeah. I, it makes it brings up so many questions about you know again the the diabetes drugs as you said. And I talked to someone. I talked to someone out of the area who's vegan, has been vegan for years, so doesn't intake any cholesterol, whatever cholesterol is manufactured by his body the numbers are up a little bit and they right away wanted to put him on a statin which and he started taking red yeast rice and the red yeast rice didn't agree with him so and 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 the more more he's looked into it he's he's not going to do that uh but right away right away i mean he's probably not inflammatory he eats well so it's so you get up highest cholesterol in the world is just not going to stick and he exercises by the way I have patients whose cholesterol is, you know, over 350. Um, 
I, I did a test on them to see if they have any plaque in their arteries, and they have zero plaque. So wh why is that? I have other patients whose cholesterol is under 100, and they have loaded, they're loaded with plaque. And it's, it, again, it's not the cholesterol, it's the inflammation. We can control our inflammation. We have to just be healthy. We shouldn't be looking to doctors to fix things we can fix ourselves. That's great. I appreciate that. Again, andylazarus.com. We've got links up at louisfreeshow.com and wfmj.com. It's you amaze me because as busy as you are with everything, you write books like and songs. By the way, I don't know how, when or how you have the time to do it, but it just seems to flow out of you. I'm just, again. Yep. You've got a new book. You just came out with January sixth in the Millennial Horde. I, I just I'm amazed. That, that uh, book was very very fun to write. Um, it was. It, what it did is, uh, so it took the last two years, and it threw in a new character, uh, a, a congressman from Pittsburgh, yeah. big Steelers fan. So right you know, near right here. The, the first chapter, he he he's bemoaning the loss um, in in 2020 of the Steelers in the last game to Cleveland, um, and he, you know it, that's but the big he, rivalry here. The big rivalry. I'm a Ravens fan, so I understand. But. Um, so, that, so it imagines this guy who's a good guy, um, and he's a science guy, and he's a practical guy, and he, he's Democrat who wins in a Republican district. But after January 6th, he becomes a man on a mission. Um, he becomes obsessed with that there's a connection between COVID deniers and the people trying to take down the government. He basically starts uh, forming tribunals, getting student groups to uh, do his bidding. He, he becomes the very person he hates. Um, and, and it shows how someone like him can rise in power in our government because by the, the mid, mid to three quarters of the book, he becomes president of the United States through exclusion um, and uh, ultimately um, brings in, as his, he's a liberal, he's a Democrat, brings in as advisors people like Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham um, uh, and, and just becomes the guy he hates. And it just shows how quickly a moral crusade bereft of science but claiming to be scientific a moral crusade bereft of democracy you know forcing people to get immunizations forcing people to wear masks but claiming to be supportive of democracy how quickly that could deteriorate and destroy our country and it was i based it on the model of the french revolution um which basically this is what happened good guys knocked off the democracy and then started killing each other and became so extreme that they started killing the people they were there to protect um, and and that's I, that could happen in any democracy. And I tried to make it legally, politically, every uh, scientifically feasible. Um, I use a lot of law cases. I, I tried to I followed the gov my government how our government works to the T to make this all feasible. And it's just an acceleration of madness in the book. Um, so it was a lot of fun to write. It's not one of my longer books. It's more reasonable and in, in length. Uh, and it has pictures that I, I hired an artist to draw. Yeah, by the um, way, the illustrations that um, was that yeah. Farhan Malik did are yeah. fabulous, are just fabulous. fabulous. Yeah. yeah. I just love the illustrations. And yeah, it just kind of, one of the, it got, this book got better reviews than any of my other books. I see um, that. I was reading the, the reviews, I mean, the, the praise uh, at andylazarus.com. That's fantastic. Very happy. One of the, I, I'm in the nomination for a book of the year award. Yeah. Another another one um, just said, and, and these are people that wouldn't normally 
these are very left of center people. Um, but they, they um, one of them said it, it was just so fascinating to watch these good people get go down this abyss, and and just shows you, you know, the nuance and the danger of our democracy. Because these are people you you cheer for, um, the ones that my main characters, but they just end up doing horrific things. Um, and they justify it based on on the bigger picture of saving science and democracy. And I've frankly, Louis, seen this. Um, the same people who attack um, January 11th are perfectly fine with closing down society and forcing vaccines on people, um, taking away choice. Same people appalled by Roe versus Wade, and I'm one of them. Um, are, are believe in no choice when it comes to masks and vaccines. Um, so they are anti-choice. I've had debates with That's those people yeah. they, they believe that they are morally right and the other side's morally wrong and and wh- wh- when things come down like that um you can go down this abyss many democracies have been destroyed by this um absolute moral authority uh and you know interestingly the, the mainstream democrats in my book um become this congressman's enemies um so that they are they're trying to just go on this line and he and he says to them look once you start mandating vaccines for everyone shutting down society and forcing masks you can't go halfway you open the door and i'm closing and and he destroys them all um and and again it shows how he can do it uh and he takes the group of scoundrels that we all hate and they become sarah palin becomes his vice president She calls herself a, a mask-wearing kind of gal. Yeah, I, I love that. And by the way, the and, and again, I keep saying I know you have limited time. I love the the introduction. I, I love how you write about what you write about, and that that I've got so many things underlined. By the way, in the introduction, it's it's absolutely wonderful. You show and very quickly in both books, I show that science and truth become their own enemies when dogmatic forces gain control of society and when fear becomes the primary spark that drives human behavior and belief. And and so much more in that introduction. It was absolutely fantastic. Again, I'm blown away at how this just seems to flow from you. What was the, I'll use the tipping point for you that I've got to write this. I mean, it was literally, I don't, I haven't watched the news in two years, but I'm a doctor who goes into patients' rooms and the news is always on and it's always CNN. Just watching the hypocrisy of people screaming about how January 6th was almost the end of their democracy and then the next breath say, how we must mandate vaccines for everyone and masks for everyone. And thank God Governor Newsom shut down society and he should be controlling that society against the reactionary forces. Hypocrisy between those two ideas. I always say I'm truly pro-choice and I'm truly pro-democracy. Um, I, I am opposed to those who took down Roe versus Wade and equally opposed to those who are taking away our rights to make our own medical decisions. Because once you go down that road, um, and no, it's not a public health issue. We know that me getting a vaccine doesn't protect you. That's science. We know that. It's not a it's a personal issue. So, so once we and my mask wearing doesn't affect your mask wearing. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, your ability to catch COVID. You can make your own decisions uh, if you want that. But once you force medical decisions on me, how is that different than telling a woman how to deal that's with her great, own body? It's that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. It's very, they're picking and choosing. 
people pick and choose what they want. The you know the about the mask wearing. We've talked about this a lot before, and I'm sure I said this to you. I don't understand the people that uh, again. You don't want to wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. But if it's a a, a business, if it's a private business. I feel they can say mask or no mask, or if you're vaccinated, whatever. I don't understand. It's like that's your tipping point to to protest and rally. It's like don't go there, don't patronize them. I think that would be much more effective. Uh, exactly. Don't patronize them. I, that part I don't get. Again, I've got issues with all the mask wearing, and, and because you and I've talked about the mask wearing. Yeah. At, at, yeah. From, yeah. Exactly. It's a symbol. A mask are a symbol, certainly, and it's scary that people walk around with masks. It just makes us feel like we're still in the middle of this, you know, plague. But it's you know the big. I, I there was a tweet um, that was really funny. A lot of people commented on it. Was a doctor who wore an N95 on a plane and she contracted COVID, and she instead of saying the mask didn't work, she said. The reason I got this because no one else on the plane was wearing a mask. So, so the the absurdity of this that mm, the mask that's interesting didn't protect her, right? It didn't protect the COVID from getting to her, but somehow it would have protected the COVID from getting Can out of some yeah. stupidity of that statement. But but it is what's driving this whole thing. And yes, we we have copious studies that show they don't work. But it, if you, it's a matter of faith. If if you want to feel more comfortable, wear it. Wear it. Yeah, but but then you're protected, right? So why do you care what I do? So you, you, if you believe in the mask, wear the mask, wear, and and then why do you care what I do? Because now you believe in it and you're protected. So my mask doesn't change that equation. So I don't understand why people are forcing masks on people. Wear them if you want. And same with immunizations. If you want to protect yourself, if you believe it's protective, and I I agree that in some people it is. Um, then go ahead, get the immunization. But we know that if you're immunized, you're no less likely to spread COVID to everyone else. So that removes it from being a public health issue. People and think it, it, they think that. They think if they get get the vaccinated, that it's going to protect them from right. we, to other. We, oh, for sure, that's not true. I mean, that has scientifically been shown that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. So and all you have to do is look at the facts, right? You have to see who's catching it mostly in Omicron, from vaccinated people. Vaccinated people are catching it and, and, and spreading it. So, I mean, we already know that just from opening the door and looking at reality, which a lot of people aren't doing these days. So, again, that's part of the nidus of the book is that, that blindness, that, that, that willingness to follow the guy who tells us that we have to remove our democracy, remove our personal choice, go with science as a doctrineer absolutism, um, while at the same time claiming to be scientific and democratic. That 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 awful hypocrisy um, is what the book's about. And it shows where that... Go ahead. It leads to the end of our democracy at the end of the book. And again, uh, I, I, that, that, those mandates and things, again, like you're talking about with Omicron and, and the vaccines, I, I tend to feel that we're going to be taking vaccines, they're going to be suggesting vaccines every year or every six months. And they're going to, and, and again, when people say follow the money, again, I, I'm yes. not conspiratorial about where the, where, where COVID came from. I don't know. Was it a lab right. leak? Was it a bat? I, I don't know. I know there's zoonotic illnesses. I get that, 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 you know, jump species. On the other hand, 
when they say follow the money, look at the money these vaccine companies are, are getting. Again, if it's doing good, if it helps people, or if you believe it's going to help you, that's great. But I just see it going on. New variants. Am I, am I, do you think I'm correct? New variants. And, well, we've got a vaccine for that. Well, we've got a vaccine for that. The, the joke is, though, Louis, that, that because they didn't sell it. So, so the first two vaccines um, that Pfizer and everyone else made, they didn't make money on because the government did all the research. They're going to make money on boosters. So rather than design boosters that were um, effective against these the circulating strains, they used the original vaccine. Why? Because they needed to sell it. I mean, that, that was how they were going to make money. And they didn't want to make new stuff. They didn't want to do new research. So they, they actually sold us stuff that we, they knew didn't work, that the New England Journal says doesn't work. And they sold it to us and forced it on some of us right i was required to get it to show up to school other people are required to get it in my field because i'm in the healthcare field to get this stuff that we know doesn't work so how ethical is that i mean and and these vaccines do have side effects look i'm not an anti-vaxxer um to say every vaccine has side effects these vaccines if you look at the vaccine uh, reaction database these vaccines have 10 times the side effects of of the nearest competitor they're a novel vaccine, and they, they create an immense immune response in our body. And that's the short-term side effects. We have no we idea have what's no going idea. on. You know, no a, idea. a friend of mine's son... Oh, go ahead, Doc. No, I'm just going to say, again, if you're going to deal with that kind of uncertainty, you better be darn well sure that they're going to work. And you better be darn well sure if you're going to mandate them. Yes, that you're going to mandate them. You're breaking the Hippocratic Oath by mandating something that we know doesn't work and that can harm you, but yet, because of the way the law came out with these, there's no liability. Nobody has liability right. if they're adverse reactions. Yeah. So they can mandate them up and down the wazoo. Doesn't people, matter. Could, people could blame all the outbreaks on the unvaccinated, yet the hospitals and everyone who's getting Omicron are vaccinated. But they still continue to blame it on the unvaccinated. Um, and, and this myth... This myth has become science. So and, and a friend of mine's son, I, I don't know how old he is, um, I'm guessing late 30s maybe, had, uh, was it pericarditis or myocarditis? And again, he's okay, but it was very scary. He was hospitalized. And this is a very, his kid is very healthy, eats a good diet, exercises regularly. And it's that's scary. Again, got through it, but who knows? I don't know what I'm not. You know, not a doctor, I'm not a cardiologist. What the long term effects of having that might? Maybe no. nothing. I don't know. But but the but the bottom line is that kid was at virtually zero risk of dying of COVID. Yeah. We've lost fewer people to COVID than lightning strikes in, in in the under age twenty age group. So why would you subject that kid and likely force that kid? I don't know his situation. It was a work. But, it was a work. A work yeah. mandate, from I mean, what I understand. Possibly as a doctor who takes a Hippocratic Oath, force someone to do something that you know will not help them and could harm them. That is, to me, the same medical ethics that the Nazi doctors used. That's, that's and, and by the way, the Nazi doc, the, in Nazi Germany, virtually every doctor joined the Nazi party yeah. um, and became supporters. So this, this behavior of doctors is not new. Um, that's enough. That I told you, I'm getting a graduate degree in in history. Sorry. This is what my book's going to be about. You're amazing. Uh, me, do, uh, American medicine versus freedom in American history. That's, that's and, 
it's been a, it's been horrific from from the, the days of uh, racial science um, yeah. to eugenics to anti-immigrant medicine. Um, the doctors were the ones leading these campaigns, and, and welcome to COVID. They're doing the same thing. They are breaking every oath they ever took um, to, to force people to get a, a, a treatment against their will, yeah. invading their scary. bodies. It's scary. So it has not been well studied for a disease that's not likely to hurt them, and that's chi- children vaccination. And you, it's, I love, by the way, I love Bugs, Daffy, and, and Porky Pig, <laughs> and that. I have to tell you, that was great. January 6th, I know you got to split. January 6th and the Millennial Horde. Again, this is Dr. Andy Lazarus' new book. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's fiction, but is it? It's frightening. It's, it's frightening. It's, 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 it's Looney Tunes, Louie, like yeah. you say. Yeah, um, it's great. His great favorite, favorite show is, is Bugs Bunny, and, and yeah. the whole thing is Looney Tunes. That's Looney what the tunes. book is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Your website, andylazarus.com, quickly. Do, do, you, mind? Yeah, do you have I, time? Do you have time a minute? Stuff on there. I have um, all my books, um, some sample chapters. I have my blogs. Your I songs. My, uh, Your songs. My, my articles that I've written. I have my. Um, I have a podcast I do now on on, on uh, medicine. Just basically the the medical thinking of doctors to help patients understand it. It's designed for patients. Um, so yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's wonderful. I, I just, I love you. You're, you're amazing. And I appreciate your, with your experience, with your education, that you're courageous enough. It's too bad you have to be courageous to bring it forward, but you do. And I, I want to do a part two on January 6th in the Millennial Horde. I'm sorry we went all around my fault <laughs> everywhere and didn't focus much on it. But I, rec- read the book, folks, and then you'll, you know, we'll talk more about it. You'll yep. come back. Great, great talking to you, Louie. Always, always doctor. Again, Dr. Andy Lazarus, incredible human being. The courage, the courage that he has is just amazing to me. The courage that, that Dr. Lazarus has in bringing these things forward is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I'm so grateful uh, to, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think how, I'm trying to think how he and I originally connected. I'll have to ask him because my recall isn't so good these days. But again, it's andylazarus.com, andylazarus.com. I will be back in just a few minutes with more on the Louis B. Free Radio Show, Brain Food from the Heartland, Copyright B. Free Radio Limited, 2022, produced by the lovely Miss Bunny Face in cooperation with White Rabbit production it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.